You're listening to the Arise Bible Academy podcast. In this week's lesson, Faith's Confession, Philip Edwards will teach on the activity of faith and the importance of speaking the truth and not the facts. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching and please remember to head on over to ariseministry.org.uk for all the latest news and to see the other ministries we have to offer. You can also follow us on social media at Arise Ministry UK. And now over to Philip Edwards for today's teaching. I want to look at what faith is, how it actually works, because it's very clear that as we've looked in the last couple of weeks, we need faith to be healed. We need faith to actually live this life. We live a life of faith we're called believers believers and so therefore we must be believing all the time so i want to look at this subject and see how it might affect uh, the ability to be healed and possibly to pray for others that they might be healed we've said that we receive the life of god into us through the words that Jesus speaks or the words that come from scripture the words that God himself speaks we said that Jesus was the word made flesh we've we've looked at this quite a lot so I want to develop the idea of receiving God's word you were saved by receiving God's word God either spoke directly into your mind that sort of somehow it got into your heart or you listened to a message that was preached through the ear which entered into your heart or you read something through the eyes that too entered into your heart through the mind into the heart so God was speaking into your heart he spoke into the inner being of you then you believed what God was saying or you didn't believe you had a choice to believe or not to believe if you believed and then you spoke back to God you confessed what he had told you as being true you you made a confession then through that action you were saved you confess something like this you didn't have to get it word perfect Uh, i believe that jesus died for my sins i believe that he rose again and i make jesus christ the lord of my life that was the confession that came from your mouth having received god's words into your heart and that is the operation of faith faith is god speaks to us we believe what he says and we speak something out scripture confirms this in romans 10 9 and 10 it says this that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and you're saved so it seems that confession and believing go together it's almost like if you simply believe but don't confess then are you saved and you can't confess something unless you first believe it so the speaking out of what God has said to you 
it seems very important. God's life then, once we believed and confessed, believed and said something, God sent his spirit to cause us to be born again. Born again of the spirit. So that is really the activity of faith. Now, what happens when a problem arises in our life? How do we deal with a problem? I would suggest you deal with it in the same way that you deal with getting saved. Getting saved, you had a problem. And God dealt with that problem through salvation. He offered you something and in faith you received it and you confessed it. So when a problem arises, and that problem can be sickness or it could be something else, we have to look into the scriptures to see what God has said. You look in until you believe what God has said, and then you respond by confessing something, by speaking. I would suggest to you that faith is only operating when we speak out. The faith comes by hearing and receiving the word, but it becomes operational in our life when we speak it out. So we're going to discover that God expects us to speak, to speak out to the problem with the words of God that God gives us. That's where we're going tonight. So I, I called the, the, the talk, it's, it's speaking to the mountain. You might well know that scripture. It's several times that we're to speak to the mountain, speak to the problem. We are to uh, take authority over it, as it were. It's important then that we speak God's word over ourselves. We have to speak over life circumstances and life itself and so as we speak over ourselves then the words that we speak if they're from God they have an effect over us it's important in life that we live our Christian life as believers with an attitude of faith all the time we can't turn faith on and turn it off we either live by faith we walk by faith or we don't we can't be in faith and out of faith and in faith and out of faith. So it's important we have an attitude of faith then towards any problem or needs that arise in our life. Faith that God, with his, by his assistance to us, he will overcome the problems through us. So to overcome any problem in your life, be it a health problem or whatever, we have to operate by faith. And we know that many times Jesus said to people when they were healed, he said, your faith, your faith was very instrumental in you being healed. God's word then in your heart, the word of God spoken into your heart, it creates faith. So faith is is proportionate to how much word you have in you. If we never read the scriptures or study the word of God or listen to sermons or whatever or listen to worship songs because worship is the word of God as well, if we never listen then the amount of faith is, is, is relatively small because it's, it's the word of God coming in that builds faith within the heart. God speaks out those words to us. 
God will then release his power and his life into us as we take hold of these words that he speaks and speak them out. And we will defeat problems in our lives by faith, speaking out the word of God. His word in you is far greater than any problem that can arise in your life. Every time you speak God's word against the problem, that problem draws back away from you. You actually force it back. It says the word, the word of God is both spirit and life. And so as we speak these words of God that they're in our heart that we believe to be true, they have an effect against all the problems that arise in our life. So I want to encourage you, you must speak to the problem. Now, lots of people pray to God about a problem, but they don't speak to the problem. It's clear in scripture, we're supposed to take authority ourselves and speak to the problem. Turn you to that passage in uh, Matthew uh, 21 and it's verses 21 and 22. He says, I tell you the truth. I always love it when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, um, because it means listen very carefully to what I'm going to say, because you're not going to believe me. He says it 80 times in the New Testament. So it'd be an interesting study to go through it and see all the things he tells us to listen carefully to, because we're not going to believe him. He says, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do uh, what was done to the fig tree but also you can say to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer so what was the situation that was surrounding this verse uh, Jesus had been staying outside of Jerusalem. It was that week of passion and the crucifixion. And he got up early in the morning with his disciples and he made his way to Jerusalem and he saw a fig tree. And the fig tree, uh, he went to it to get figs and it had no figs. And he, he cursed it. Uh, and it said they were amazed because in front of their very eyes, the fig tree just withered in front of them. It was though his words had so much power and authority in them that it caused the tree just to die in front of them. So it says the disciples marveled at it. Now, that doesn't, doesn't mean that Jesus wants us to go around cursing things. We mustn't misunderstand scriptures when we read it. Okay, but, but what does it mean? It, we, he was demonstrating the authority if we speak words. That's all. He was just showing them the authority because by what we've just read, he makes it clear. I tell you the truth. If you have faith, he says, and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to the mountain. So he's saying, listen, you could have done this. The authority that I have to speak to a fig tree and it just withers in front of me, you can do the same. That's the very point that he's making. So he uses the situation to teach the disciples that they have the same sort of authority. It's delegated from him to them. They can command any mountain or need in their lives to move and be thrown into the sea. 
and it says and it will be done for them they don't do it it's done for them but they have to speak the words you see when a problem arises in your life it isn't sufficient to pray and ask God to deal with the problem that's not good enough you must speak to the problem yourself that's the whole point that he's making here I've delegated authority to you for you to speak so Jesus makes it clear that when they speak to the mountain or when you speak to a mountain to a problem to a situation in front of you be it sickness or anything else it says they must believe in their hearts and do not doubt that it will be moved so if you're going to speak to a mountain you have to believe in your heart that it will shift if, it, if you don't believe it'll shift there's no real faith in your heart and so why should the thing move this speaks to us then about the the true nature of faith true faith true faith and I'll mention this a few times true faith is what you believe in your heart see we can know things in our understanding and believe it because it's on the pages of the Bible but do we believe it in our heart true faith then is what you believe in your heart and you have to be honest with yourself what do I really believe in my heart when you pray with true faith you know what the outcome will be because you know because God has spoken and you know in your heart if you give a command to a mountain in front of you it will disappear it will go it somehow God will remove it and get rid of it you're not asking God to do something out of a sort of a, a vague hope that things will improve that's not good enough we must learn to operate by faith knowing what's going to happen see sometimes when we uh, we pray we we think well God might might listen to me sometime uh, he might take notice of my needs and he might simply just respond sometime uh, to my need if I keep telling him about my need he might do something about it it doesn't operate like that prayer and faith doesn't operate in that way as you receive from God's Word whether reading it or studying it or listening to it or somehow it comes into you you know his life comes into you through his word just like salvation came to you through his word life comes to you you know his life is being imparted to you as you receive God's word whether you have an emotional experience or a physical sensation or not that doesn't matter and when you speak to the mountain of, of need you know in your heart that it has to move you know you know deep down here it has to move because that is true faith faith that's established in your heart there is a cert certainly that no point in speaking to a a mountain with a vague hope there's no point in talking just hoping that the thing will go really we must pray and operate by faith when God spoke creation into being he expected what he said would result precisely as he thought it would so when he said let there be 
he had the the thought as it were what he wanted and we said that Jesus became the manifestation of the words when those words were spoken they created what God thought in his mind would happen and we have to function something like that that somehow God's word gets into us and simply by speaking it out creative things happen now I'm not saying we can create things but we can move in a supernatural realm for things to be shifted Jesus did the same didn't he he spoke to mountains usually there were mountains in people's lives they were mountains of sickness that he simply spoke to they were mountains of demonic control that he simply spoke to we looked before he simply said go go and it went I was and of course he, he raised people from the dead I looked at the three accounts where he raised people from the dead um, he was he was very um, economical with his words uh, with a young man uh, the the young man from Nain he simply said young man get up uh, there was no great talk or anything uh, no great show he just said get up young man get up remember with Lazarus he just said Lazarus come forth come come out and with the little girl Jairus's daughter he said to say he didn't waste any words there he said little girl get up little girl get up so I'm, I want to I want to copy Jesus really I want to follow Jesus he said will you follow me will you do the things that I do in the same way I do them so I think our prayers need to be shorter and they need to be commanding prayers we need to say to sickness leave leave that body we need to uh, you know whether we ever get the opportunity to raise the dead simply tell them to get up and that's the end of it uh, so so we have to realize that the words that we speak become vital and become important i think many christians fail to realize that speaking to the mountain is in god's eyes an indispensable part of prayer we we I hear so many prayers of people just asking God to do things and they've totally ignored this scripture completely as though it wasn't even in the Bible and yet Jesus emphasizes it quite a lot. Uh, I read it to you in Mark 11 22 and 25 because there's a lot of good points we can draw from this scripture. He's sort of saying the same thing again but but not with a fig tree in mind. He says have faith in God. He says this Jesus answered I tell you the truth if anyone says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen it will be done for him therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins now there are quite a number of important principles here so I just want to work through these principles as, as eight or nine of them and we'll see how important it is and how God is teaching us to pray against the mountains in our lives be it health or you know other financial needs that we have or any other pressures that's coming upon us 
the first thing he says is have faith in God well you'd have thought was that necessary Jesus to have said that well I've discovered that everything in scripture is necessary there's very it's very short scripture and so he hasn't wasted too many words so he says have faith in God now you say well of, of course where else would we place our faith your faith rests in your focus and your concentration it's possible to pray and not be focused on God or even to concentrate on God I know it's possible because I've done it many times sometimes someone says would you pray for me I'm not feeling well and instead of concentrating on God I'm either concentrating on the sickness or I'm concentrating on the words that I'm saying because I think I want to say something clever I want to say something sensible not stupid I want to pray properly but I haven't got any focus on God at all we need to not be focusing on ourselves when we pray not be focusing on the need when we pray either for your need or somebody else's need and and definitely don't be focused on the sickness when you do all you're doing is you're thinking about yourself and you're talking about yourself and you hope that God is listening which is not the way to pray we need to pray that we're focused on God looking to him true prayer places the focus on God on his love on his almighty power on what he's already accomplished for us on the cross so when you pray for the sick in future or pray for your own sickness don't focus on the sickness don't focus on you don't even focus particularly on your words focus on God focus on the one who wants to heal you the one who's done everything he needs to do to heal you really I wonder sometimes do we worship the sickness instead of worshiping God praise him maybe before you even pray start praising him for what he's already done for what he's done or, or Christ has enabled to happen through him going to the cross your faith then is not in your sickness or in your words or in your experience or what happens you simply focus on God your faith is in God the one who is able to heal the one who desires to heal has already provided for your healing you see your need only through the eyes of what he's already accomplished and of course we know what he's accomplished he's already healed you through Christ on the cross Jesus then uh, as it previously he uses this phrase I tell you the truth that means you're going to find it difficult to believe what I'm going to say next listen carefully to what I'm going to say next and really it's it's not just truth it is emphatically the truth uh, I, I can't stress it more I can't stress that you listen and you do what I'm going to tell you to do so what does he say when he says this he says if anyone if anyone says to this mountain so he speaks of anyone so that's you you can speak to mountains in fact you must speak to mountains you must stop simply saying God please do this you must start speaking to the mountain 
yourself. If anyone says to the mountain, Jesus said, I'm emphatic about this, if anyone says to the mountain, so healing, the ability to heal the sick is everyone's ability if they're believers. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So it isn't simply for a few people who have uh, a, perhaps a healing ministry. If anyone, he says, and he says, this anyone, this believer, you, me, we're to speak to the mountain. You are to speak to the problem. This is part of your prayer. It's an expression of faith of your prayer. You're not usurping authority because Christ has given you authority to do this. So you must do what he tells you to do. Say, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I could only ask God to do it. Well, that's just pride. That's stupidness. If Jesus says, do this, let's do what he says. Do it humbly, do it graciously. But we need to follow what he's told us to do. It is doing precisely what Jesus did. He spoke to the dead bodies. He spoke to the sick. He spoke to demonized people. I've, I've prayed for lots of people with demonic problems and I've never asked God to deliver one of them, ever. Now, I'm not foolish. It is God who does the deliverance by the power of the Holy Spirit, but he told me to go speak to the demons. So I simply speak to them and I tell them what to do and God makes sure they do what I tell them to do. It's not answerable to me. I'm simply being obedient of what he's told us to do. So in the same way we would talk to the demonic, we talk to the dead or we talk to the sickness. We speak to it. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. That's why he's emphatic about it. He says, I tell you the truth. It's not a suggestion or a good idea. It's a command. Some wonder why perhaps so many people aren't healed today or their needs aren't met. Well, if we don't do the things the way God told us to do them, they're not going to happen. You know, sometimes we think that God is this loving father in the sky who, if we're nice to him and ask him nicely, he'll do things for us. That's not true. There's no truth in that at all. We're covenant children of a covenant God. And God says, listen, I write in the covenant how it works. If you do this, I'll do that. It's, now, it's not cold because it's a covenant written in love. But we have to follow the covenant. We can't think, oh, well, God's really nice. He just might help me out this time. That's not how it works at all. It never works like that. Now, God can do whatever God wants to do. And if he wants to operate like that, well, he can choose to. But that's not what he set in the covenant. That's what, what normally happens. We cannot complain if we don't see results when we don't do things the way that Jesus has commanded us to do them. The next thing, this faith is expressed in speaking to the mountain. It's an expression of your faith. You say, I believe that God has said this and therefore I speak these words out. As, as, we, as we looked at being saved, we, we believe something, but without the confession, without it coming out of our mouths. Remember when 
people are baptized we ask them to confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and through their confession we know then they're saved and that's why we then baptize them that's why we ask them for their confession before their baptism because that is an outward sign or a proof that there's not only believing taking place here but confessing so the faith is expressed in speaking to the mountain don't think about the mountain don't even talk about the mountain speak to the mountain speak to it don't tell people how poorly things are speak to the situation again there's many believers miss the point they don't they don't fully appreciate that that the authority that Christ has given them authority to speak in this way mind you what it says in Matthew 18 18 he says I tell you the truth here he goes again he's making sure that you're going to listen I tell you the truth whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so we have this ability to bind and to loose well what's all this about well Jesus says whatever so we can bind and loose anything he says whatever whatever the problem is whatever the situation is you can bind or loose it to bind means to prevent prevent something happening you have the authority to prevent on earth whatever is prevented in in heaven so what doesn't exist in heaven what isn't allowed to be in heaven it shouldn't be in our lives so that which is prevented in heaven we can we can make sure it doesn't affect us on earth to loose then is to release so you have the authority to release on earth whatever is released in heaven if your mountain does not exist in heaven whatever your problem is if it's sickness or if it doesn't exist in heaven you have the authority to speak to it on earth and command it to be removed from your life you have that authority Jesus has given it to us you have the authority to release God's healing power into your life Jesus who has all authority has delegated that authority to you the next point is Jesus clearly says that when you speak to the mountain you must believe that what you say will happen so he's not suggesting we use some formula of words without any relationship to what we expect is going to happen anyone could say mountain I command you to move in the name of Jesus you say that till you're blue in the face it's not going to go anywhere it has to be related to faith in your heart you have to believe that what you say is going to happen however such command will only work if the one speaking it expects to be obeyed before speaking to your mountain ask yourself do I know what will happen as a result of my command do I know what will happen not hope but really no this is what I call true faith true faith remember is simply what you believe in your heart so if you say well I'm going to speak to this mountain and tell it to go ask yourself the question do I really believe it's going to go 
If the answer's no, I don't, I'm just hoping it might, there's no true faith in the heart. However, sometimes you know that you do not have an expectation of it happening. Well, acknowledge your unbelief. Be honest with God. Say, Lord, this is what I should do. I see from what Jesus taught us to do. I should be able to speak to this mountain and I should be able to believe in my heart that you want it to go. It's not supposed to be here. Sickness isn't supposed to be here. It's not in heaven, so it shouldn't be attacking me. I'm going to speak to it. If you don't believe, acknowledge it. Ask God to forgive you and ask Jesus, who is the author Remember, he is the author and the perfecter of your faith to help you develop and perfect your faith. The Holy Spirit is the one to guide you into all truth. And God's word then will come and fill you with certainty. Now, you have to, you have to work at this. You won't get this in one sermon. You won't get it by reading one book. As we as we em- Uh, embrace the word of God and take God's word into our heart seriously and we allow the word of God to come and take root in our lives faith starts to develop and grow in our lives it's a natural process we receive his word and faith grows faith for all different things Jesus said you are to speak to the mountain with faith but that doesn't mean that you're the one to actually move the mountain. You can't move the mountain. God has to move the mountain. We can't heal anyone. It's the Spirit of God that comes and heals. But we are expected to speak with authority to the situation. And as we speak with authority, with faith in our heart, God responds to that. It's done for you. God will always honour the faith he inspires in you by his Holy Spirit through his word. He, he's almost covenant bound to do it. As you speak in faith, real genuine faith from the heart, God has to move. God says, I'm, not gonna, I'm just not going to do this. He has to move in response to it. So then as you continually read God's word as you receive from him, you will find God works the faith into your heart. It'll take some perseverance. Again, uh, I'm going to remind you that somebody asked a couple of weeks ago, why don't we see healings like we, we read about in the scriptures? Well, because I think the le- I said the level of spirituality was low, the level of faith is low amongst the Christians. Maybe they're not getting enough of the word and then acting on the word in faith so their faith is able to grow and would see greater results. You sometimes know the mountain has to move. You just know it. You know, even though it doesn't move, you know inside this mountain has to give way. This just has to happen. I've discovered in some areas I have more faith for some things than others. Sometimes it's related to one's giftings, but sometimes it's because we've focused our attention on the Word of God uh, with a greater intensity. I, I could honestly say to you with in the area of uh, 
seeing people filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe every time that I lay hands on people, I have complete, complete faith that they will speak in other tongues without a shadow of a doubt. I believe now, if, if there's a problem and they don't really want to, then I, I can't do anything with that. But I know, I know of an assurity. I know if I sit down with somebody who's tormented by an evil spirit, I have complete confidence and insurance that that spirit has to go. It has to go. It cannot resist. It has to leave. I also know in my heart regarding financial uh, needs that God will supply them. I just know it. Uh, you're thinking, well, how do you know? I just know. I just know. Now, I'm not saying I have loads of money or I've got, you know, bank, uh, a bank full up. That's not it. I don't need that. What I need is faith to believe that when I have a need, God will meet that need. And I have that. Now, I must be honest with you. I do struggle with healing a bit. Uh, it's, it's never come easy, but that doesn't mean I back away from it. I just stay with it. I stay with it and I, I try to follow what the, the, the Word of God says. And sometimes I have great faith for it and other times I find it a little bit challenging. Now, I find that if we speak to a mountain, sometimes it moves slowly or it can move speedily. It's up to God. Our God does it. Nevertheless, you are certain that it's going to go. You just know of a certainty. That's true faith in the heart. You simply know. Jesus tells the disciples that no matter what they ask for in prayer, no matter what you ask for in prayer, he says, they are to believe they have received it. They are to believe that they receive what they've asked for. So it's in the present tense of believing you've received it even before you've received it. Not will receive it, but have received it. This is truly the fruit of being certain and sure. You know you have the answer. You know the outcome is assured. You know God has already undertaken in the matter even if there is no apparent change in the circumstances, you know that God is moving on your behalf. Whether it takes time or it's immediate, that's God's business. Now, you cannot make yourself believe that you've received something. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. Your heart cannot lie to you. You either know that what you're saying is true and it's true of faith or it's not true. So it's an indication of arriving at a point of true faith, in which case you will thank God for the outcome. So we can start praising God. If we know that we've prayed or spoken to a mountain and God has said without a shadow of a doubt I move in that mountain as you speak with authority even while it's still there and not moving you can praise God for the fact that the mountain is moved now it hasn't moved but you can thank God that it is moved it is moved it's it's about you know Jairus's daughter when when she died Jesus turned to the Father and he said, only, only believe. He said, only believe. Just, just keep believing. Just keep believing. And so, because uh, he was all downcast and things, but he was, you know, he was trying to pick him up. Philippians 4, 6 says this, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now you say, there you are, Philip. You've just undone everything you've said. We're just supposed to ask God for everything. Oh, no, no. You mustn't do that when it comes to studying a subject. You take all the verses together, dealing with the subject. So if we're talking about praying for the sick, you pull in all the verses that you've got and you make sense of them in the round, as it were. It's all got to make sense. So he's saying, don't be anxious. Well, the only way of not being anxious is being sure of the outcome. Otherwise, you're going to be anxious. So you are sure of the outcome when you pray. He says you can pray about anything. And that's what Jesus said. He says you can have anything you ask for in my name. He said, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your, your, sorry, present your request to God. Well, it is God that has to do the thing. But as we speak to the problem with an assurance, with a confidence that God's going to do something, then that's full of faith. Finally, Jesus says that whenever we pray, we're not to hold anything against anyone. Rather, we are to forgive. He tags that on the end of this. Every work of healing is a, a gift of mercy to us. None of us deserve to be saved. None of us deserve to be healed. It is the mercy of God if we're saved and we're healed. But he says, listen, if you do not show others mercy, I won't show you mercy. So if you want to receive mercy from me, you be merciful to others and you be forgiving of others. Well, maybe some of this is new to you or you might thought, well, I've heard this before, but I lost it somewhere and I've just, I've reverted back to just asking God to do everything and not exercising faith as I should. Well, or at first sight, you might think, oh, this is a little bit complicated, Phil. I'm not sure about all this. It's Jesus's clear instructions. Just go back to those verses and read them and read them until the word of God starts to take a root in your heart have faith in God look only to God speak to the mountain command the mountain to disappear from your life believe in your heart believing comes from receiving the word of God into us if you don't believe then it isn't true faith that's operating so stay with the word of God until you believe within your heart asking is the next step it requires speaking with authority you're speaking with authority into the situation be thankful that you have received even before it is manifested but you know it's coming you know the answer is on the way so you can be thankful and forgive anyone who's wronged you so just six simple steps there now the element of faith is essential not only for healing others and for healing of yourself but simply living this Christian life to the full it's essential God's promises are sure I remind you what it says in Luke 11 9 and 10 it says ask and it will be given to you for everyone who asks receives but we must ask in the right way okay I move on to this second part now for uh, this teaching 
I've said before, sometimes we can be led to believe we need some like big faith muscles. We need to develop some big faith in our life. Now, I think we only need a little bit of faith. He said, if you have a mustard seed of faith, that's sufficient. But what's important is you have faith. If you have no faith, then nothing happens. It's at some point it once said that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. With faith you can do all things. With no faith then nothing happens. We've seen that Jesus has accomplished everything necessary for our healing through what he did on the cross. 2,000 years ago Christ accomplished our healing on the cross. We say that we believe he was uh, healing is in the atonement, that when he went to the cross he didn't only die for the forgiveness of our sins but by his stripes we are healed. Now you have to work that argument out in your head as I said whether you believe healing is in the atonement or not. All the subjects that we seem to cover there's always a major question that you have to settle in your mind before you can go any further. Uh, if I was talking about deliverance and you said, oh Philip, I don't believe a Christian can have an evil spirit, end of subject. End of subject. There's nothing else to say. But if you say, well, I'm open to it, then there's a whole lot more teaching. So if you say, well, I don't think healing is in the atonement, Phil. I don't think that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. That's the end of the subject. There's no more to say. All you can do is keep praying and asking God when a need arises, please God heal. But if it isn't in the atonement and it's part of the covenant agreement, then we can go a whole lot further. Faith is a way of life. It's a way of life for us and cannot be uh, reserved only for times when we have need. So we don't jog along in our Christian life and then when a problem comes we, we try to develop faith or, or we read a lot about the subject. We need to be growing and living in faith all the time. Our life is a life of faith. What we believe between crisis or mountains that need moving is very important to God. He knows what we believe. He knows if we're living by faith. God knows your thoughts all the time. In the first week when I was speaking, I gave you the names of God. Uh, remember, Jehovah is the name for the Lord. And we looked at a couple there. And I, I've tried to hold on to this and believe this as a reality. Jehovah Rafika, that's, that's a name for God. It is, I am the Lord that healeth you. So I believe God is my healer. I just believe that he is. I take what he has said. This is my name, he said. My name is Jehovah Rafika. I am the Lord that healeth you. That's it. That's a truth that I hold on to that has become a reality. He says later, his name is Jehovah Rohi, which means he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So I expect the Lord to lead me. I expect the Lord to feed me. I expect the Lord to look after me. I expect him to, and therefore I have faith for him to do it. He will take care of me like a good shepherd takes care of his flock. So sometimes you only need a word or two, and that builds great faith in you. Uh, 
I also believe that he is my Jehovah Nissi, which means he's my banner. He's the one who delivers me as I go through battles. He is a banner over me. He is the one who delivers me from lots of trial. And I believe he's also Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He said he was. I'm not calling him a liar. He is my provider. He is my shepherd. He is the banner over me, my deliverer. And he is my healer. He has declared that's in his nature who he wants to be. Now, between the crises that happen in my life, just like they do in your life, or the mountain that needs to be moved, I have to walk by faith between the two events. I have to walk by faith all the time. So rather than believe that Jesus is my healer, or the Lord is my healer, I believe he's the one who's keeping me well. He is the one who is keeping me healthy on a daily basis. If something happens that I, I, I fall at something and sickness attacks my body, he is the one who gets me out of this. He is my healer. Now you say, well, uh, would you go to the doctor then? Or would you take medicine? Yes, I would. Does that negate my faith in God? No, not at all. Not one little bit. Now, for some people, they say, oh, no, if you're going to believe God, you mustn't take medication. Well, I'm going to do both. I found myself taking pills and praising God at the same time because it, it, it is an assist. It is something that helps us. It is something that can strengthen us. I know that pills can't heal me. Pills can only manage my sickness. I need God the healer to come and heal my body. There is only one healer and it ain't the doctor and it ain't medicine, that's for certain. It's Jesus who is the healer of our bodies. See, between the two crises in your life, you can't convince God that you're walking by faith if you're not. Because what he's doing, he's listening to you all the time. He's listening to every word that comes out of your mouth. So every negative thought, every fear that you utter and speak out, they are products of unbelief and not faith in your life. And God's listening all the time. So our conversation needs to be full of faith, full of belief, full of what God is doing and what God is. We need to speak this all the time. Uh, not because we're afraid that he's listening, but as, as the word of God settles in our heart and we believe something to be true, we speak that out. We speak those words of faith all the time. We therefore need to maintain this walk of faith all the time in our lives. Jesus warns us, doesn't he? He says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's listening to what we're saying all the time. What is in your heart? What is, what is coming from your mouth, your lips? See, we get back to that thing about what you say is so important. Your confession is vital to your health. Uh, your confession is vital all the time to the way that you live your life. So our conversation is the real indicator of what we believe in our heart. This does not mean that we're to learn a faith language. Uh, some years ago when there was uh, the, the, the great uh, 
faith movement started well in the 80s really and there was uh, lots of teaching on faith really and some of it was abused and, and some was good and some was was not so good uh, but people were learning a faith language there was no faith in their heart but there was lots of faith in their mouth and 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 it wasn't true it wasn't real see true faith is in the heart we say what's in the heart we don't say what we want to say and it doesn't marry up with the heart we say what is in the heart faith then comes from the heart it doesn't come from the head or the intellect it comes from the heart true faith releases god's grace into the circumstance it's as though god cannot resist it without faith it's impossible to please god so when he sees faith he is more than delighted when he sees that people are trusting him and believing his word and being obedient to his word he just cannot resist responding to his children when you believe something with faith you can see the result when i say see i mean see with your spiritual eyes with your eyes of faith do you see yourself in heaven do you see yourself with god do you see yourself in eternity how do you see the future you see i know i'm saved and i know i'm going to come before the lord jesus christ I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm pressing on towards it. But I know I'm going to see him and I know I'm going to live with God in heaven. How do I know this? I can see it with my eyes of faith. I can see it. And so it's the same with problems that arise in our life. Faith in the heart enables us to see, to see with the eyes of faith you're sure and certain of the outcome i'm absolutely 100 percent con convinced i am going to live forever with god in the next world without a shadow of a doubt without a shadow i see it with my eyes of faith and so we need faith for lots more things than simply our eternal destiny you can't make things happen by simply saying words you genuinely see the healing with the spiritual eyes of faith when this is the case whatever you say about your circumstances is consistent with your seeing so if 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 you know that god is your healer and you speak out that the word of God and you speaking it out, you are convinced within your heart, you know by true faith that God will heal you. You see it. You see it with eyes of faith. You're not hoping that God will heal you or hoping that he'll listen to your prayer. You see it. You know it of an assurity. See, the natural man, he sees sickness he speaks the symptoms of sickness and he believes the medical prognosis that's natural man of course i understand that but the man of faith he sees the healing he sees it he speaks of god's goodness 
and God's grace and he believes what Jesus has accomplished for him and he sees himself healed he sees it the natural man doesn't see it the natural man simply sees the sickness he speaks the symptoms and he agrees or believes in the medical prognosis of course he hasn't got God he hasn't got the God factor he hasn't got the supernatural ability to do anything different but the man of faith he sees healing for him this is the reality of the situation he sees the healing and so it is only a matter of time before the symptoms disappear and the healing is fully manifested he knows it's just a question of time now this is not a it's not a matter of someone saying he's healed and everyone around him saying well you're clearly not healed you're manifesting the symptoms of a sickness there are some people who try to say they're healed and they think if they say it enough times it'll come true it won't it won't it has to come from the heart what you say has to come from the heart we do not confess we're healed in order to be healed but because we believe we are healed this is what we see in your heart there is a peace there's no anxiety anymore there's a calm about the situation see that verse said in all things be calm about it having spoken to the situation having believed within your heart then the peace of God will come and fill you you're aware of God's complete control in the whole situation such a peace comes from believing what God has done for you on the cross and what he declares in his word it comes from believing that God is faithful to the promise he has given and will not deny your faith in the sacrifice of his son we're not foolish we recognize the facts but we also recognize there is a difference between the facts and the truth the facts are you're sick you're sick the truth is that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed you believe that by his stripes you are healed and so you see that you see it with your eyes of faith it's a revelation into your heart you see it if you don't see it it's not true faith if you see it it's true faith and God will respond to the faith as you speak to the sickness in your body to go it will go the facts maybe you're manifesting certain symptoms the truth is that Jesus bore your infirmities and he carried your sicknesses when he went to the cross now if you don't believe that you don't believe that I understand that but if you do believe that he bore your infirmities and he carried your sicknesses
then you can see yourself healed. You can see the truth. You acknowledge the facts, but you see the truth. The facts may suggest that nothing is happening when you pray, but your faith is in the truth. And that truth enables you to know that you're receiving your healing through God's grace. The truth is, because you're exercising faith, that God is being gracious and he's healing you. Jesus is the truth and the truth is eternal. Nothing can undo what he's done or change what he has said. So the facts cannot alter the truth. The truth is always stronger than the facts. The truth has power to change the facts, the power that comes through faith. The perseverance of faith is what you see with your spiritual eyes and enables you to continue to believe the truth. Some people have waited a long time standing in faith, but they've seen that God has come through. Eventually, God comes through. How and quickly God does it, that's God's business. We can't remove the mountain. God has to remove the mountain, but we have to stand in faith. Even when there doesn't seem to be any change in the facts, we still stand in faith. I think the mistake made by many people is they keep looking at the, the facts. They keep looking at the facts and they doubt the truth of God's word. When they pray, they are more aware of the symptoms than what the word of the Lord is. That he is their Jehovah Rapha. That he is their healer when they receive ministry through the laying on of hands or through the anointing, they're disappointed if they do not have an immediately an immediate sensation of being healed or a sudden removal of the symptoms. I've been there, I'm sure you've been there. Someone's prayed for you and you think, mm, am I healed? Or no, no, I'm not, I'm not healed. That, that didn't work, that didn't work. And off we go. Well, there's no faith in operation there. We must believe that the person who was praying has spoken to the situation and we take those words and we're going to stand and believe those words to be true. Their focus is on the facts. It's not on the truth of God's word. Now, it's understandable. It's natural. We go for prayer and nothing happens. But faith, you see, faith takes us beyond our understanding. It takes us into supernatural realities. The supernatural realities of God's truth, of what he has done for us in Christ Jesus. This is a supernatural life. You know, I'd like to challenge charismatics to say, are you really charismatic? Do you believe in the supernatural life? Or are you simply a good evangelical? Now that's, that's not condemning evangelicals. 
But if we're going to be charismatic, we must believe in the supernatural. We must believe in the realm of the supernatural. We must come out of the ordinary, as it were, out from being in the outer core into the holy place where the supernatural is working. We need to step into the supernatural. It's natural to be natural, but we need to be supernatural. The one who sees with the eyes of faith, he keeps praising God for what he sees. The The facts are he's still sick, but he sees with the eyes of faith that he's healed. So he starts to praise God for what God is doing, for what's going to happen. He thanks him for what he has done 2,000 years ago. In Jesus going to the cross the rest of his conversation is consistent with this we point you to one verse in John 15 7 he says if you remain in me and my word remains in you if the word of healing remains in you if you remain in me and my word remains in you you can ask whatever you wish whatever you wish and it'll be done for you if the word of god remains inside of you and doesn't somehow disappear or is stolen away if the word of god remains in you he says you can ask anything you want and it's yours see it's by faith we receive because the word develops the faith and as we stand in faith he says you can have whatever you ask for Jesus doesn't say there'll be an immediate manifestation of what you ask for, but he says it will be given to you. It will be given to you. You will receive what it is you're standing in faith for. This is a case because you remain in him. You remain your faith in him. Your faith remains in Jesus. It never alters. Having spoken to the mountain, your faith is in Christ and what Christ has accomplished for you. And as his words remain in you, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. If his words remain in you and you remain in him, you can have whatever you ask for. It will, it will be given to you. Does such a walk of faith mean we never doubt? Uh, there's a difference, you know, between unbelief and doubt. Unbelief is there's no faith. There's, there is no faith. You may pray, but without faith. You pray and ask God to do something, but there's no faith without expectation that you'll receive anything you simply prayed and thinking oh well it'll just happen what happened last time nothing that's not faith you may receive the laying on of hands but you go away thinking that it didn't work i didn't get anything there's no faith there's no faith in operation there doubt on the other hand is something different you are in a position of faith you are believing 
because of the words that you've spoken or someone has spoken these words over you you believe you know that you will be healed the healing is manifesting itself god has healed you but as you're waiting for the healing questions arise thoughts come doubts come not unbelief doubts now such doubts are easily dealt with where have they come from maybe other people have suggested that you're not really healed at all so don't be so stupid and think that you are maybe the enemy is just a direct assault on you and he's attacking you you ask the lord to forgive you for doubting return to that place of faith of believing in what god has said and praise him start praising him for the outcome now without a doubt all of us would really want instantaneous miracles all the time all the time that's what we want but you're not going to get them because it's not to your advantage to get them we require a continual walk of faith it's a time of testing proving strengthening our faith only in this way can we learn to cling to the Lord in the face of adverse circumstances see Jesus has done it all but we have to enter in to what he's told us to do to walk in the victory that he experienced when he was on earth he wants us to join with him to do the things that he's encouraging us to do not simply to throw prayers up to heaven and expect the best but to walk in faith to please our God not only concerning healing but every possible situation or matter would, that would arise in your life we need to approach it with faith that God is there to take us through into victory Amen You've been listening to the Arise Bible Academy podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching and please remember to come on back next week for our final lesson in the healing module. If you would like to partner with Arise Ministry, you can do so by heading on over to our website at ariseministry.org.uk where you can make a secure online donation to the ministry and partner with us. You can also follow us on social media at Arise Ministry UK. Arise Ministry, a living legacy.